you, EBO. Thanks, Tony. Welcome back. Chief Communications Officer with JCN, Elaine Parker. We're going to talk the jobs report. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Have you ever seen any footage of Bigfoot? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> and I don't have any neighbors that look like Bigfoot either. <laughs> oh, I, I do. I have one. He doesn't look like Bigfoot. He just sounds like I'm trunk alonka, like a troll under a bridge. All right. So um, at the JCN, you, you pay close attention to whether job growth is there or not there, right? It's one of your main main concerns. Absolutely. I mean, we look at this as well as other economic indicators. And, and certainly the jobs report on Friday um, shows that the job creation numbers um, on their face were strong, um, but they don't matter to ordinary Americans who are still facing outrageous prices for groceries and struggling mm-hmm. just to make ends meet. I mean, the Biden administration continues to talk about these economic reports, but the uh, what's in the reports is not translating to Americans in practical terms because of the cost of living crisis that they're living under after three years of compounding interest, inflation, and, and price levels that are still elevated. Um, the price of things has not come down for people. And so the Biden administration looks at these economic reports and says, come on, guys. I mean, you should feel good. Look at the bottom line number here. It looks great. Don't you feel good? You should feel good. You do feel good. Preach, sister. You know, I mean, (laughs) I just recently signed to buy a house and just the interest rate alone is unfathomable. But got to have somewhere to live. So refinancing in my future. But for now, got to do this. It's crazy. Absolutely, and and that's that's a great point to raise because the big threat stemming from a jobs report like this, and even the the strong GDP that was that came out earlier uh, a few weeks ago, is that it could act, it it could postpone and convince the Fed to postpone the planned rate cuts this year, um, which will prolong these high interest rates. And in when you're talking about small business. There's been a big credit crunch for small businesses. I mean, if they can even get credit, they're paying double-digit interest rates for credit, and it, that is the lifeblood for small businesses to uh, make payroll, to expand their businesses, to invest in their companies, um, and that's been very difficult for small businesses. And as long as these um, types of reports come out, um, you know, even though they're contrary to how Americans feel, um, the Fed is going to keep the pause button on. Yeah, and that's sad because, you know, I was talking to my grandson. He just turned 18, and, you know, life is a bowl of Cheerios when you're 18. You know, this, I can do whatever I want. I'm 18. You can't tell me what to do. He came to me yesterday. He goes, what am I supposed to do, Nana? I can't get an apartment without good credit. How do I get credit? I'm like, have fun. Have fun, little one. Because building your credit right now is nearly impossible. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, it, it, I have a, a, a daughter who's 23 years old and looking at, you know, she's got her first job and she's starting to think about the future and could I buy a house. And it, it is, I mean, the cost of housing is outrageous. And when you add on how high the interest, the mortgage rates are, it's it's just not affordable. We do have a cost of living crisis. It has everything to do with the inflationary um, environment that we've been in uh, for the last three years, and it's all due to the reckless spending. And the only way to change this is to reverse course and stop the reckless spending and start implementing 
um, some some uh, pro-growth policies that will help our small businesses and help ordinary Americans afford to live. Do you think either side of the aisle is doing a good job of trying to get this spending under control? Well, look, I think that the House um, actually, in a, in a very rare show of bipartisanship, um, came together to, to finally do what is best for small businesses, um, and they passed um, tax, they passed extending certain provisions of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that were going to um, expire, and um, these are things that incentivize investment, like immediate expensing. So in, in real terms, what that means is if you're a business owner and you invest in a piece of machinery or invest in a new truck or something like that, um, this year you get to expense the entire amount instead of expensing, you know, over a period of time. Um, those are direct um, investments in the company that incentivize uh, small businesses to want to invest in their companies, grow their businesses, create jobs. Those are the kinds of pro-business policies that will help. This bill now goes over to the Senate, um, and hopefully the Senate will pass it quickly because um, we are heading into tax time, and um, the, and hopefully the president will sign it as quickly as possible because that's the type of policies that we need, not more reckless spending. Well, and you know what? Just because it's bipartisan doesn't mean the president will sign it. He's got some sort of weird chip on his shoulder where if it isn't, I don't know who's actually thinking for the president, but if it isn't their idea, it's a bad idea. But I'm hoping that because everybody is starting to understand if we don't do something soon, we're not going to come back from this, that maybe it'll get through this time. This is actually a piece of legislation that the president um, will sign. Um, (laughs) As I mentioned, it was bipartisan, and the the poison pill here for Republicans is that um, there was a, a... a child tax credit expansion in the bill, which is, you know, tough, but that is that is what compromise is all about. You, you, everybody's not happy with everything in the bill, but you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Right. You, sometimes you got to step on a sticker to get to the other side of the field, my dad used to say. <laughs> you know, sometimes exactly. you got to pull, pull out the nettle when you get there. So, you know, there are good things happening, but honestly, until I can afford dog food and groceries and cat food at the same time, um, I'm still going to feel like I'm in a pinch. No matter what they tell me the economy's doing, it does not seem like it's getting better. Well, inflation remains well above the Federal Reserve's target rate, um, and the damage has already been done. I mean, you and I have talked about this before as far as inflation compounds itself every year. So just because the rate of increase of inflation has come down from the highs, inflation is still increasing and price levels are still high. We're still paying a lot for groceries, a lot for housing, um, and, and a lot for gas and electricity. And, and as long as those price levels stay high, ordinary Americans, and especially those at the lower end of the income spectrum, are going to continue hurting. I don't know how anybody votes for the people who don't care about them. I cannot make that make sense in my head. If I have somebody in charge, whether they say mean things or not, and I can't afford things that I could afford four years ago, I can't imagine casting a ballot in favor of the people who don't understand that. Well, 78% of Americans agree with you because according to a Fox News poll, um, that's how many Americans say they're worse off than just one year ago. Yeah. So Americans are not buying what is being 
talked about in these economic reports is just simply not translating to their everyday lives. And so they just don't believe it. Yeah, well, because they can't because the proof is in their pocketbook. So, I mean, great. The government keeps talking about how jobs are being created. They're not talking about what kind of jobs because, you know, that would that would kind of relay what the reality is. Um, we just had, I, is it three now? Major facilities closed down just in our area, costing hundreds, maybe thousands of jobs for small-town people who have nowhere else to go for a job and it doesn't look like the Biden administration's paying any attention whatsoever on whether or not these families have somewhere they can go to work or how they're going to make ends meet if they're going to be able to keep their homes. I mean, those are real American problems right now. Things are not getting better. They are gradually declining. Well, and that's a great point to raise about where the jobs are being created, because when you do look down into this jobs report, like I said, I mean, it, it was a strong number, 350,000, uh, 353,000 jobs created, but uh, 40% of them, they're, they're disproportionately occurring in, in more unproductive sectors like the government, quasi-sectors like healthcare and social assistance, um, you know, where in the, and that was about 40% of the jobs. So when they're being created there and they're taxpayer-funded type jobs or quasi-government jobs like that, um, that's not productive, and um, that doesn't help the economy grow, and it continues, you know, our, our economic growth is being propped up on, you know, government debt and consumer debt at this point. Mm -hmm. Well, I just had somebody send me a note that said, yay, socialism. So we've got people in this country <laughs> who actually believe that that's the way to go because clearly they're misinformed and secondarily not too intelligent. But... You, you've got to stop and wonder where that thought process is coming from. And that's what we're going to be dealing with in the near future, because that class of people is going to be a majority of voters. Absolutely. And there is a, there is a drift towards socialism in this country and towards more government intervention. And it's unfortunately that we have to keep, um, that some Americans have to keep learning this lesson over and over again. Yeah, it's just um, it's that, they, these these policies do not succeed, and you you don't have to look far to other countries to see where those policies fail. And when you look at this country, it, it is free enterprise, it is entrepreneurism, it is um, less government um, intrusion into our lives, and more freedom to make our own economic decisions. That has you know created one of the greatest countries where we have a large middle class. Um, and, you know, there's no other country in the world like this. Mm -hmm. And so we have to protect that free enterprise. And the way we do that is we keep educating um, new Americans, new people about the, the promise of free enterprise and that the promise of equal opportunity but not equal results. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know what? The, the funny thing is if any of those people who were brought up in America who say, yay, socialism, would go to talk to somebody who came here to escape it, Maybe maybe they'd get a good dose of reality, but no such luck at this point. So where do people go to learn more about JCN and what you all work on? They can go to JobCreatorsNetwork.com, and they can sign up for our newsletter. And if they're interested in, in supporting our efforts to uh, defend small business and free enterprise, um, they can do that too. 
All right. Please do. Elaine Parker is the Chief Communications Officer with JCN Job Creators Network. Thank you for the update on the jobs report, and thanks for being on the show again, Elaine. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Uh Bye-bye. Bye-bye.